Welcome to Take Up and Read, a bite-sized Bible study podcast on the Sunday Catholic Mass readings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This Sunday is the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity in Year C. Before returning to the numerical Sundays of ordinary time, the Church falls the end of the Easter season at Pentecost with two great Sunday solemnities. Next week is the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, or Corpus Christi. Trinity Sunday is well placed at this point in the liturgical year. We begin the year with Advent, meditating on the Old Testament experience, expectation of Christ, and progress through the revelation of the Son and the Incarnation at Christmas, our Lord's preaching, arrest, and death during Lent, His resurrection during Easter, and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. In that sense, the whole liturgical year thus far has been a preparation for a feast dedicated to the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Our first reading is Proverbs 8, verses 22 through 31, in which a personified wisdom recounts its existence prior to creation. This reading contains many obvious allusions to the account in Genesis 1. This chapter comes toward the end of the introductory portion of the book of Proverbs, with Lady Wisdom summoning attention for the lessons she will teach. Nonetheless, the Church's saints and theologians through the ages have seen a certain resemblance between personified wisdom in Christ, who St. Paul called the wisdom from God, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. A key reason this reading is included in the lectionary for Trinity Sunday is the declaration that wisdom was brought forth, or begotten, just as we say of Jesus in the Nicene Creed at Mass. As the Fourth Lateran Council said, it is the Father who generates, the Son who is begotten, and the Holy Spirit who proceeds. Though our interpretation of this verse is ultimately irrelevant for defining Jesus' divinity in place in the Holy Trinity, it has often been used as a proof text for that purpose. Ironically, this reading was used as a proof text by the heretic Arius, who defined, who denied the divinity of Christ, and whose theology prompted the Nicene Creed to be written in response. He was using the Greek Septuagint translation of Proverbs, whereas our modern translations use the original Hebrew language text. Another important item here is that wisdom is said to be beside the Lord as his craftsman. This image of wisdom being an active participant in creation can also be found in the Old Testament at Wisdom, chapter 7, verses 22 through chapter 8, verse 1. Wisdom, moreover, became associated with the word of the Lord, which he spoke to create the heavens and the earth. Wisdom 9, verses 1 through 2 says, Lord of mercy, who have made all things by your word, and by your wisdom have formed man. With that in mind, consider the beginning of St. John's Gospel, speaking of the divinity of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. Jesus is the Word of God, as we read in Colossians 1.16, For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Finally, by extension, the Lord's words in speaking creation into existence are also associated with the Holy Spirit. At Psalm 33, verse 6, we read, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. Recall the Spirit moving over the face of the waters at the beginning of creation, and the breath of life given to Adam, the first man. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church says in paragraph 316, Though the work of creation is attributed to the Father in particular, 
It is equally a truth of faith that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together are the one indivisible principle of creation. And at paragraph 267, inseparable in what they are, the divine persons are also inseparable in what they do. Our psalm this Sunday is Psalm 8, which is attributed to King David. Despite being an oft-quoted psalm, this is its only appearance in the Sunday lectionary cycle. David praises God for the high status he has afforded man in creation, obviously inspired by the creation account in Genesis 1. On another level, however, the early Christians came to see a Christological meaning in this psalm. Paul refers to the second stanza a number of times in his letters in reference to Christ's condescension to man in the Incarnation, as well as his subsequent glorification after his ascension. This Sunday's second reading is Romans 5, verses 1-5, through 5, a catechesis from Paul on the Holy Trinity in action. Within these few verses, Paul mentions all three of the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. This reading is as profound as it is short and bears much meditation for growth in the Christian life. The Trinitarian theology here cannot be neatly summarized, but we have shed much light on it over time through previous podcasts. We have gained access, so to speak, to the Father through the incarnation of His Son, and through their gift of the Holy Spirit, we can return that love and participate in the inner life of love between the three persons of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are considered in depth in the three chapters making up section two of the Catechism. As paragraph 261 says, the mystery of the most holy trinity is the central mystery of the Christian faith and of Christian life. God alone can make it known to us by revealing himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Paul begins this fifth chapter by referring to justification, which he has discussed in the previous four. This can be a difficult topic, so much so that it became the root of the Protestant break with the Catholic Church in the 16th century. For a more detailed treatment, start with paragraph 1987 and the full Catechism of the Catholic Church. Question 422 of the Compendium of the Catechism defines it concisely in this way. In general, merit refers to the right to recompense for a good deed. With regard to God, we of ourselves are not able to merit anything having received everything freely from him. However, God gives us the possibility of acquiring merit through union with the love of Christ, who is the source of our merits before God. The merits for good works, therefore, must be attributed in the first place to the grace of God and then to the free will of man. Our gospel this Sunday is John 16, verses 12 through 15, a Trinitarian theology lesson from Jesus himself, which bears out what we quoted above from paragraph 267 of the Catechism. Inseparable in what they are, the divine persons are also inseparable in what they do. The Catechism actually makes reference to this gospel passage 17 times, which I'll link in the show notes at studycatholic.com. Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit, who will continue to prepare and teach the apostles after the Lord's ascension. Apropos to this Sunday's feast, paragraph 244 of the Catechism says, The sending of the person of the Spirit after Jesus' glorification reveals in its fullness the mystery of the Holy Trinity. If you missed it, I suggest reviewing the Pentecost episode from last Sunday. This reading bears out the Catholic notion that the teaching office of the Church is under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The bishops of the Church are the Apostles' successors throughout the history of the Church. As paragraph 96 of the Catechism says, What Christ entrusted to the Apostles, they in turn handed on by their preaching and writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to all generations until Christ returns in glory. 
Finally, on the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, it is worth reciting from the Athanasian Creed on this great mystery of the faith. Now this is the Catholic faith. We worship one God in the Trinity, in the Trinity in unity, without either confusing the persons or dividing the substance. For the person of the Father is one, the Son's is another, the Holy Spirit's another, but the Godhead of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, their glory equal, their majesty co-eternal. That's all we have time for today. Let's conclude with a collect from this Sunday's Mass. God our Father, who by sending into the world the word of truth and the spirit of sanctification, made known to the human race your wondrous mystery, grant us, we pray, that in professing the true faith, we may acknowledge the trinity of eternal glory and adore your unity, powerful in majesty. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more and find resources, visit studycatholic.com. And please tell your friends about the show and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thanks again, and God bless.